Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, hello, everyone. Hello. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's good to see your face. Praise the Lord. Well, this is home now. This is home. Just wanted to let you know, this is what I do after I preach a message. I normally put together a small Bible study for you to take home afterwards. All right, so you can use that as a devotion. There's, a, there's actually a seven-day Bible study at the bottom of it as well. And so I've put... now. In Australia, we call the space between the church entrance and the sanctuary the narthex. Is that, is that okay? Is that, in the narthex, I secreted a few of these for you to take. I will also put it on the Facebook page. I notice we've got three Facebook pages. So I'll put a PDF and I will put a, um, like a JPEG as well onto the Facebook page. So... And if you're stingy and you don't want to print it out, take one as you go out on the narthex, okay? But if you're not stingy, you can get one off online, okay? So that's what it looks like, okay? There'll be one next week as well because we're, we're going to be looking at the I am for the next two weeks. Jesus says, I am. So we're going to be looking at that, all right? So would you like that one? Sure. There you go. <laughs> So let's look at John chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. And also I want to pick up Psalm 23 as well. But I want to look at the statement Jesus said. And he said that when he said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And that's verse 11. So let's start by asking, what does a good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. Therefore, God is good. The word gospel means good news. It's, it's the good news that Jesus, the good shepherd, was willing to die for us and take our place. And the fact that he said, I am the good shepherd, implies that there are others that are not good. In fact, Jesus doesn't just imply that. He points the finger and he names them. In verse 1, he says, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a robber. Jesus is talking about our spiritual enemy this morning. 
We have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. And he is the prince of darkness. He hates God. He hates God's people. And his mission is to steal, kill, destroy anything that matters to the heart of God. And all of us have to acknowledge that there is the control of evil in this world. Destroying a lot of things that matter to God. And a lot of people are sick, a lot of families are falling apart, a lot of marriages are in trouble, a lot of young adults are making very, very bad decisions. And I believe at the root of all that is the thief and the robber. In fact, Jesus states very clearly in our text the mission of our spiritual enemy. In, chapter, in verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in the full. So it's very, very, very clear this morning. Jesus is the good shepherd. So the big question, who are we? In this metaphor, who are we? We're the sheep, aren't we? So here's a picture that Jesus is painting. The love of God through his son desires that you and I may have life and have it to the full. In other versions, it says his desire is that you uh, have a rich and a satisfying life. And that's what he wants for you and I this morning. So he is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. Here's an interesting fact. Sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in the scriptures. It's the most commonly mentioned animal in the whole of the Bible. It's mentioned over 200 times. So we are sheep, and unfortunately, that's not great news. Because sheep are some of the most stupidest animals on the, on the face of planet Earth. Now, think about it for a moment, okay? Think about it. You can go to a circus, and, you won't f and you'll see all sorts of trained animals, won't you? Trained donkeys, trained dogs. You'll see trained cats, big cats and small cats. You'll even see trained birds. But you'll never see a sheep in a circus because you can't train them because they're too stupid. The only way to make sheep play dead is to shoot them. And that trick only works once. Then it's game over, yeah? So sheep are often cute but incredibly stupid creatures. And so if the metaphor is true, that we are sheep, then the inference is when it comes to the things of God, you and I are stupid. And I say that with all the love of Jesus this morning. <laughs> so let me give you four challenges of being a sheep in God's pasture. The first one, sheep get lost easily. My wife, if she was here, she would say, Amen. There are times I can get lost just walking out my driveway. So sheep get lost easily. In fact, there's a verse in Isaiah 53 that says, in verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to his own ways. And in our New Testament reading from 1 Peter, it said exactly so. Peter is referencing Isaiah 53. 
So it's incredibly common for sheep to walk away from the shepherd's fold. And, you know, I think I'll go this way, or I think something over here might make me happy. I think this might make me happy. I don't know what to do. I can't seem to make a good decision. That's what sheep are like. And that's the reality for many of us at times. We're really trying to find and figure out this life but we seem to keep making bad decisions. It's because sheep without a shepherd get lost very, very, very easily. The second thing is sheep are defenceless. Nearly all the animals in God's creation have some form of defense. Many have fangs and claws. Many have a big horn or horns or tusks, and they can turn you into a shish kebab. We have shish kebabs here? Yep, okay, yep. Some will kick you. Some will fly away from you. Some are really, really fast. They'll run away. Some will blend into their environment. But sheep can't do anything. They're totally defenseless. So here's the big question, the big idea, sorry, this morning is, on our own, without the body of Christ, without the church, and without the armour of God, without the protection of the Good Shepherd, we are very vulnerable to the lies and deceits and the wilds of the evil one. So many of us are as sheep. We're believing the lies and we're living a life that leads to death and destruction. And at least on the inside we're doing that. Sheep are defenseless. The third thing, sheep are very stubborn. Look at the person next to you and say, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> In fact, I, I read that whenever a sheep walks into a gap or a space that's too narrow and they get lodged in it, sheep are too stupid to go in reverse. There's no reverse gear on a sheep. Instead, they just keep lodging themselves further and further in, trying to go forward, and they get more and more stuck. How many of you know someone like that right now? Don't point at them. Sheep are stubborn and they're stupid. The fourth thing, sheep are filthy. Now that's not good news, is it? You're saying, but I've seen these white fluffy sheep on television. Those sheep were power washed before they put them on television. They're filthy, they stink, they're, they're horrible. They don't have the ability to clean themselves. And if I can say with all respect, I can say this respectfully, that's the way we are in the eyes of God. On our own, on our own, when we, when we leave the will of God for our lives. And a lot of people say, well, he's a good guy or she's a, a good woman. But in the eyes of God, we're actually not good. In the eyes of, of a perfect God, we are very, very dirty. We are filthy sinners. We have fallen away. We come short of the standards and the perfections of God. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. The bottom line is sheep need a shepherd and we need a saviour. We need Jesus and without him, we are vulnerable to the lies and the wiles of the evil one. And that's why it's good news when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, so good that I would lay down my life for the sheep. So we've looked at four challenges. 
Now, for the rest of our time together, I want to show you four incredible qualities of the Good Shepherd. And I pray that God would help connect these to your heart and you can apply them to the way you live your life every single day. Number one, what does the Good Shepherd do? He guides. The Good Shepherd guides. Psalm 23, verse 3. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. The Lord guides me. Do you ever find yourself with a big decision to make and you don't know what to do? And when you seek the Lord, he will reveal himself to you and he will guide you. John chapter 10 verses 3 to 4 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. He guides them because the sheep know and recognize the voice of the good shepherd. So the big question is, who are you following? Now, some of you may say, well, I don't know the voice of God. God can speak audibly. It's not very common, but it happens. But God also speaks through his word. And you can hear him every day through his word. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through people. He speaks through a prophetic message. I've heard God speak through the words of a preacher thousands and thousands of times in my 38 years as a follower of Jesus Christ. God can speak in all different ways. And the sheep who belong to him, they know his voice. Now, some of you may say, well, pastor, I don't know his voice. And I'd say there's one of two reasons why you don't know or recognize the voice. Now, let me give you this example. Imagine if you walked into a room of 50 women and they were all talking. Because that's what women do, don't they? They all talk, don't they? And the amazing thing is they all understand each other all at the same time, don't they? Now, if you walked into a room of 50 men, nobody's talking. Why? Why? They're all watching sport, that's why. <laughs> Okay, so, so, you, so we're, we're about to walk into a room of 50 women and all the women are talking at once. And if my wife was there, I would ask you, can you recognize her voice? If you say, no, I can't, then the reason is one of two things. Either you don't know her, you've never met her, or you haven't spent enough time with her to know her voice. Because if I walked into a room of 50 women, I could walk around blindfolded. And in less than a minute, I could pick her out because not only do I know her, I have spent so much time with her that I can recognize and pick up her voice. If you don't recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd, then maybe you either don't know him or you haven't spent enough time with him to recognize his voice. Because the good news is our Good Shepherd, if you're one of his sheep, he calls you by name. And this is one of the most beautiful pictures to know that our God is a personal and a relational God. He calls you by your name, not hey you. When someone calls you by name, when someone remembers your name, that changes everything. 
We have a God who is that personal this morning. He wants to reveal himself to you and he calls you by name. So if you have a difficult decision to make, should I take this job that's way on the other side of town or should I stay here? Should I try to have more kids or not? Should uh, we be part of this church or not? All sorts of things. Here's what I always do when I'm making a decision. And this might help you. I don't know, but it might help you. I always tell God, you said Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the guide. That's his job. My job is to follow. Jesus, show me and I will follow. And it takes all the pressure off. I don't have to worry and be anxious. It puts the pressure on him to reveal his will and his decision to me. You, are my, you guide me, Jesus. You guide me and I will follow. The second thing. The second thing a good shepherd does is he provides. Our good shepherd, our God, sorry, is a good God who provides. Psalm 23 verses 1 to 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, I love that imagery. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, how often do you ever see sheep lying down? You will not often see sheep lying down because there are three things that have to be in place before a sheep will lie down. First is they have to be well fed or they will not lie down. Secondly, they have to get along with other sheep or they will not lie down. And thirdly, they have to feel safe or they will not take their rest. But in the presence of the good shepherd who leads them to green pastures, they are full because they're in his presence. They, uh, and, and he breaks up fights and gossiping and gossiping tongues and helps them get along with each other. Now, some of you need the good shepherd to come into your homes, perhaps, eh? into your families and help bring some healing and forgiveness in relationships. And when the good shepherd is present, they are not afraid because he is their defender. And so they will rest and actually lay down. So the scripture goes on to say, he leads me beside quiet waters. Why quiet waters? Because if there's rushing waters, sheep won't drink from rushing waters. Why? Why is that? It's because they'll fall in and they'll become this giant cotton ball that, that's washed down the river until they drown. So a good shepherd leads them beside the right kind of water so they can drink. And who is the right kind of water? Jesus, the living water. And once we drink from him, we will never be thirsty again. He quenches that inward thirst so that we can be at rest. Not, not anxious, not racked with depression and anxiety. And then the Bible says he refreshes my soul. The Lord is such a, a good provider this morning. He doesn't just provide for us materially. He doesn't just provide for our bodies, but he provides for our souls. Some of you right now, you've got everything on the outside that you need. But inwardly, your soul is not at rest. You might be a sheep without a shepherd this morning. Because our shepherd is so loving in his provision. He refreshes our souls inwardly. 
we can be at peace. And the amazing thing is when you are a sheep under the care of the good shepherd and all hell is breaking loose around you in your life and yet you can have a supernatural peace that transcends your ability to understand. So what is that? That is the presence of the good shepherd refreshing your soul. Your soul is at rest on the inside because you know the good shepherd cares for you. The good shepherd guides and the good shepherd provides. The third thing the good shepherd does, he also corrects. Now this may not be good news for you if you are a sheep that's wandering. It may not seem like good news at the time, but it truly is good news because the sheep loves you enough to correct, sorry, the shepherd loves you enough to correct you when you're wandering into danger. In fact, there's a man in the Bible who knew this very well and he paints this rich word picture. Job chapter 5, verse 17 to 18, he said, Blessed is the one whom God corrects. In other words, I am blessed that's, and that's how much God loves me. My God cares enough for my act for actually keeping me out of trouble. So he says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. Now, this all seems a little odd for a God we serve to do, to wound and then to bind up. I read a couple of articles about this, and if you want to know, I've got the, the, the web links to them if you want to come and see me afterwards. It says, in, in ancient times, a loving shepherd would break the leg of an unruly sheep which constantly strayed off and wandered off. Lest, that, lest it get lost or killed by a predator. And, and they added that the wayward sheep's pattern of wandering off uh, had to be corrected for the safety and the protection of the whole herd, the whole flock. So Psalm 23, uh, picking up verse 4, says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So a good shepherd would take his rod, which was a weapon about two foot long. It looked like half a nunchuck that was used to, to throw at predators. And a good shepherd could throw his rod and crack the skull of a wild dog at 65 foot. Now, the loving shepherd would take that rod and crack the little lamb's leg. Now, that sounds very, very cruel, doesn't it? But the shepherd would then carry that injured sheep around his neck all the time. As the flock moved, as they moved, he would carry it around. You've seen pictures of that, haven't you, with the shepherd with the lamb around his neck. And that's what they would do. And so when the leg finally healed, the sheep would never stray again because it now was the shepherd's pet. And because it had learnt to know and trust the shepherd's voice. So our good shepherd blesses us and guides and disciplines us for our own good because we do stray and we do get lost. When Jesus came to planet earth and he took on human flesh, when he accommodated himself to our nature, our language, our ways, whether it, be, whether it was leading, whether it was feeding, whether it was healing, the picture of the shepherd and his sheep fits perfectly to the spiritual bond between a saviour and his people. And sometimes that spiritual bond, there is discipline. 
Now, how many have intentionally hurt their child to save their life? Okay, a couple of you. Okay, one, put a hand down real quick. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, there's no child abuse things going on here. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a story. My, 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 my eldest son, Drew, he's in his late 30s now, but he was, a, he was an airhead when he was little, yeah? And I have hurled myself at him once. I hurled myself at him once when he was young and irrational. I had to tackle him to the ground to stop him walking in front of oncoming traffic. Now, poor old Drew copped a grazed knee and a blood nose for that effort. But all the crying and all the screaming, it was directed back at me. In their little mind, or in his little mind, he, he couldn't comprehend what a loving thing I had just done. But, there, but he's alive today. He's 37 years old. He's doing quite well. And, and, and he learned a very valuable lesson. You know what? His sisters learned a very valuable lesson too because they didn't want their 250-pound dad throwing himself at them. And they saw what happened. They saw the blood. And there are many times when our good and loving God lets us face consequences of our own stupid, our own stupid decisions. And he does that to keep us from making more and more stupid decisions that could cost us severely over time. Now, there's not a single teenager on the face of planet Earth that's saying, praise the Lord, Dad just grounded me because I'm, I was disrespectful to Mum, yeah? There's not a teenager in the world that, that, that says, praise the Lord, Mum's just taken my mobile phone off me for a week because I lied to her. And there's not a Christian who accepts freely that our God is cor as a correcting God. We will go as far as blaming the devil for that, won't we? Before we admit that God is disciplining us, instead of dealing with what that massive character flaw is, we will blame Satan himself before admitting that God is teaching us a life lesson. But what does the Bible say? Hebrews 12:11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Our Good Shepherd loves us enough even to correct us, to keep us out of harm's way. He guides me, he provides for me, he corrects me. And our fourth and final thing is our Good Shepherd, he does what he does is he protects us. Psalm 23 verse 4 to 6 says, even though, I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. My soul is at rest, and I know he's working all things out, to, out to, uh, to, to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, a weapon to scare off and harm any animal that threatens the sheep. The staff uh, had a, has, a, has a hook on it. Same sort of thing. That's for when you fall into the miry clay, the bishop can pull you out by your neck. But that's what it's for. That was to rescue fallen sheep, sheep that have fallen into danger, fallen into a pit, fallen. Got quite, the, 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 the staff was to, to bring the sheep out and, and also even to comfort the sheep. It could be used to stroke the sheep as well. And it says, You're, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
So what does this mean? He has anointed my head with oil. Now, parasites are a very big hindrance to sheep. They get nose fly. And that, that fly goes up into their nostrils and lays eggs into the mucous membrane of the sheep's nose and, and they would later hatch. And the larvae that hatch from those eggs burrow their way into the very flesh of the sheep's head, causing it to become inflamed and infected and it would drive the sheep crazy. Sheep would literally bang their heads against rocks trying to rid themselves of the annoyance and pain. The good shepherd would take oil and sulfur, mix it together, and he would anoint the head of the sheep with that oil. Not only was this, this is a spiritual symbol, and it's a very powerful spiritual symbol, but it's also very practical because that oil, that oil and sulfur mixture would cause a, a soothing feeling, but it was also an insect repellent. And it protected the sheep from that nose fly. Now, this doesn't mean that you will never fall upon physical harm, but this does mean, in a spiritual term, that he has stored up for you and I an inheritance that will never spoil and will never fade. Then the scripture goes on, your cup will overflow. Now, this is a, has a very rich meaning in, in Old Testament, in Palestinian Old Testament times. Not only, does, uh, not only do you overflow with his presence and with his goodness, but any Palestinian shepherd knew the tradition of the day. So if Mr. and Mrs. Shepherd had you over to their house and you were wondering, how long can I stay here? How long can I hang out with these people? Well, the question would be answered very simply. As long as Mr. and, Mr. Sh Mr. and Mrs. Shepherd would fill your cup, you were able to stay as long as you want. So your cup is empty because you have finished that exotic brew of Palestinian tea. And then Mrs. Shepherd comes over and, and says, oh, would you like some more? And fills up your cup again. And you're welcome to stay as long as you've got tea in your cup. But if they're watching you drink and as your cup is emptied, and then they say, you know, it's a school night tonight and we've got to get up for the kids the next day. Uh, it's time to leave. You finish your tea and then please leave. Then you're allowed to stay as long as your cup is full. So how long are you allowed to stay in the presence of the Lord? As long as your cup is full. My cup overflows. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe you're the one this morning and the good shepherd's come for you and he wants you to know he wants you to know him because he is good because there is no one that that's not good and that no one that's there is one sorry that is not good and the one that's not good wants to steal kill and destroy but our good shepherd came that you may have a rich and a satisfying life he loved you so much that he laid down his life for you so that you could know his love and you could have the freedom to follow him. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your good shepherd, if you're not a Christ follower here this morning, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your, as your Lord and Saviour into your heart, please come and, and see me after the service and I'd love to talk to you about that. But let's quieten our hearts right now and let's bow our heads 
and let's take a time of prayer as we seek the Holy Spirit's ministry amongst us. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I ask that your spirit would speak to your church in a way that would transform our lives. And as you are, there are some of you here right now and you're saying, I'm a sheep and I need the care of a shepherd. Some of you, you've got choices to make. Please listen to me. He will guide you. If you speak to him, he will reveal himself to you. If you let him be your guide and stop running ahead. Some of you, you're feeling like you're empty. The good shepherd wants to provide for you. Maybe materially, maybe spiritually, may even be in your soul. Some of you recognize, well, I've done some things and I'm facing some stuff right now. Can I suggest that you reframe all that stuff and see that it is actually the goodness and the mercy of God who is disciplining you and bringing it to a, a good outcome. Some of you, you're worried all the time. You need to rest in the presence and the protection of the Good Shepherd. So all across this room, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as we allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to minister, those of you who would say, I really do believe God's speaking to me right now. I am a sheep and I want to be even more under the care of the Good Shepherd. You know you belong to him. You know you've been changed by him. But you want to experience it in a deeper way, the goodness that comes in knowing Jesus as the Good Shepherd, who says, I am the Good Shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. And if that's you, and you would say, yes, God's speaking to me. I want to be in a deeper care. I want to be under a deeper care of the Good Shepherd. Would you lift your hand right now? Amen. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. How many others would there be? Please let me. I would pray for you. If you want prayer tonight, sorry, this morning, just lift your hand. Honest hearts. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for the way you, your spirit works. Thank you for the way you reveal yourself. And thank you for who Jesus is, the good shepherd. I pray, God, that you would guide and you would provide. And God, you would correct and you would protect. And God, I pray that we would be sheep that would know your voice and follow your lead and, you, and would trust you and would be at rest in our souls because we are sheep that need you. We are sheep that need Jesus, the good shepherd in our lives. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, the good shepherd, and all God's people said, Amen.